You are listening to Perspectives on Progress, a special edition of CapitalCast. I'm Rebecca Anzell. So far in this series, our team at Capital News Illinois has been hearing from state legislators about the specific policy changes they say must occur for Illinois to be a better state when it comes to race. Today, in the 14th episode of Perspectives on Progress, we'll speak with Representative Thaddeus Jones. Each time I speak with Representative Jones, his passion for the district he serves is evident. Over his almost 10-year legislative career, he focused on initiatives to bring resources to underserved communities, including education improvements and property tax reprieves for seniors. The representative's district includes communities in southeast Chicagoland, many of which are minutes from Indiana's border. We spoke about the power of conversation to highlight misunderstandings and bring Illinois together. We also spoke about Jones's hope that this era's civil rights movement is not fleeting. Uh, you know, I'm... I'm in one of those crossroads, and I think that's where everyone is. We're in the crossroad. We're, I'm trying to come to grips with everything that's going on, anger, fear, frustration, you know, lack of knowing what's going on, even though we're in the, we're the policymakers. It still hits us the same way it hits, hits, hits residents. So I'm just, I'm in that space now. It's, so I'm, I'm doing better, but just trying to, have my family adjust and me adjust mentally, but it's difficult, you know, and not because, you know, I've had three family members that got affected by COVID and it's like we go from one awakening to another one. I won't even call it a crisis. I will call it an awakening. So we go from one awakening to the other. And uh, that's what I'm going through. Just trying to come to grips with everything. When you look at at where we as a society are right now, um, there are thousands of people protesting uh, systemic racism in not only Illinois, but America as a whole and internationally as well. Um, When you see all of that, what do you think? Well, as as I go back to my awakening, I think this is an awakening not only for America, but an awakening for Illinois that we have to deal with some of our institutional racism issues or we will never move forward as a state or as a country until we deal with those. We And it's not just only the institutional racism and, and police, but there's institutional racism in Springfield, there's institutional racism in our education system, um, even in our churches. Uh, there's an institutional racism that people are afraid to talk about and have a conversation about. And now, uh, I think, you know, with COVID-19 moving right into another awakening with, you know, the the death of George Floyd and, and the death of so many other black men and black women, that now we're seeing an awakening. We're seeing people, real feelings and comments come to the forefront like we've never had before. And it's, uh, it, it's surprising on one hand, but it's insulting on the other hand because there are so many relationships that are being challenged right now on based on feelings. And part of that is anger, and part of that is getting to know each other better. So it's, it's two ways to look at it, and there's two ways to deal with it. 
uh, and relationships are being challenged now because black friends and white friends and vice versa are starting to have real conversations about, you know, the institutions of racism and how it's dividing people or how it's challenging people. And that's that, that's just a crazy way to look at it, but it's what's happening in our country and in our state right now. Where do we go from here? We, you know, and that's a great question. We go, I think we go to the point of challenging each other. You know, I served as the chairman of the Human Relations Commissions back in uh, 1996 and 97. And one of the things that we did was we not only talked about racism, but challenged racism, but we encouraged everyone to start this thing called diversity then where we grabbed a hundred people and put them in a pot and made them, you know, select each other for like a month to go out to dinner and get to know each other and come into our homes and get to know our families. And I think that's where we go. We go to back to the basics of getting to know each other and then breaking down the, you know, the foundations of racism and, and attacking the challenges that we face as opposed to running away from. Because I think people are so afraid right now, they're so angry, and they're so frustrated that they don't internalize and deal with their own issues in order to deal with the issues that have brought us to this point. And, and as opposed to blaming each other, it's time to challenge each other and do things to bring, you know, simple things like, you know, breaking bread with each other will break down so many barriers as opposed to talking about stereotypes that you've heard and learned. Let's talk about ways that we can learn about each other's families and then move the conversation forward. As um, as a legislator, you have um, immense ability to exact like legislative change, obviously. So um aside from sort of the societal things that you were just talking about, is there anything on your to-do list um, either for yourself or, or as a caucus that you think is paramount um, and totally necessary to address what's going on right now? Uh, what's on my list to move the ball forward is if you talk about legislation wise, I mean, I think uh, one of the things I'm working on is a research piece to look at, in Illinois, for example, how the black man is viewed in Illinois legally. You know, when you break down like the the slave codes of 1865 and and what was granted to black men and black people versus what wasn't granted, uh, there's a conversation about reparations, uh, which may come into this conversation. But looking at the legal status and having a conversation about that, not only just like with black friends and my black colleagues, but also bringing in, you know, white colleagues and other colleagues to have this conversation of how do we change and how do we view, you know, black people in Illinois? Uh, because I'm just afraid that, you know, some of my white colleagues have these same frustrations and we don't talk about it and we sit around like we get along with each other but in the back of our minds we have these deep-rooted issues that we need to work on 
Um, so taking it from the foundation of what Illinois started with, you know, as um, dealing with slavery back in the day to where we are now, and actually having conversations in our schools and our park districts and having a conversation about racism. We've never done that as a state. We've never done that as a country. And I think, you know, once I can move that ball forward, it'll be better. You know, I passed the bill to have uh, black history in all of our schools and community colleges. And I think that that's the starting point that I will add to um, the history of what it's like being black in Illinois and black in America and also dealing with, you know, the, the history of white, white races. You know, I had also had a bill where, you know, we gave out a million dollars to Simon Wiesenthal to have a bus that go around the state that teaches about racism, uh, sexism, and also deals with the Holocaust. So I want to infuse all of that together to start having a, a simple conversation about racism in Illinois. You know, what's so interesting to me about that is, if I'm understanding you correctly, you know, maybe we just need to start as a society with something as simple as a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you think about, if you think about where the roots of racism started and we add into uh, people's feelings and their angers and what they what they think they know about racism versus what they actually know. And then we add into it, like, our media, our media, you know, and and what was in the 20s, you know, there wasn't Twitter or Facebook, you know, or Instagram. In the 60s, it wasn't Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. And between the 60s and the civil rights movement and between where we are now, you know, we've had so many incidents of perceived racism, actual racism, and, you know, made up incidents of racism where you have, you know, people calling the cops, blaming black people for their kids getting killed or people calling the cops and saying that the, the, the kids got abducted by black men or black people. And then it turns out that wasn't happening. So we have so many of those incidents and you use the medium that you have with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now that people are having conversations more on those social mediums than they have ever before, but they're so afraid to sit down with each other and look each other in the eye and have that conversation face to face. It's a difference, you know, when you got all of these, you know, keyboard gangsters, as I call them, and, you know, anybody can be a keyboard gangster. I can say what the hell I want to say on, on those mediums is my point. But when I actually got to have a face-to-face conversation with you, and I got to see your emotion and my raw emotion, it changes the perspective because now we're actually having a conversation, you know, and, and that means more to me than having a conversation on Facebook and having a conversation on Instagram and having a conversation on Twitter, because there's no way that we're going to resolve this by 
either the media spurring this conversation or people even protesting. There's no way we're going to have this conversation, even though people have the right to protest and it's actually changing the conversation and fueling the conversation. But until we actually sit down one-on-one and look each other in the eye, then we won't. And and part of what one of the things that we used to do uh, with human relation um, is this thing where uh, we would have this thing called face each other, where we would sit down with somebody next who we didn't know and have a 10-minute conversation and just sit down and listen to that person. And, and after that, try to regurgitate everything that that person said to you. Could you do it? I don't know if I could. And not even 10 minutes. If you sit down for two minutes with somebody, and just like we are right now, you know, just because you're taping me, you can regurgitate it. But if we're sitting down face-to-face in a calm setting and we're taking two minutes and you tell me, I ask you a subject, can you tell me your thoughts? And, you know, then it's my turn or your turn. And I have to regurgitate the same thing you said to me. And I think that's powerful because I think people will, will learn the lessons and have to actually sit down and actively hear each other. And I think that's a, that's what's missing in this conversation that people are not hearing each other. You're hearing the outside noise of Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, but you're not dealing one-on-one with each, with each other or in a group setting with each other. Do you so. think that there's, there's any way to bring that to, um, to the general assembly for issues such as this that are, that are so important. And, and I mean, you've mentioned this too, like sometimes people just talk past each other or they just don't actively listen. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to start it. I'm, I'm, that's, I think that's, that's my charge. I, I think I'm going to start it. I, cause I, I mean, there's a clear difference between Southern Illinois and Northern Illinois. That there's a clear difference. And I think if people see, if they see us doing it, they see us doing it, then it's more powerful, you know, around the state. And not just, not just discounting, you know, if somebody says something racist, you got to deal with that. If, if, if you live in Southern Illinois, you've heard things about black people that ain't true. And vice versa, if you live in northern Illinois, you heard something about white people in southern Illinois that ain't true. And, you know, it's, it's, I know it sounds so simple, but it's the simplistic stuff that's going to get us to the point where, you know, we're going to actually do things to change the country and change our state. You know, we can't. We can't worry about the country if we're not dealing with the issues, the racist, institutional racism in the state first. You know, because if we can't live with each other and work beyond that, and none of this stuff, none of the legislation that we propose, I mean, we can't legislate morality. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about legislate morality. And how the hell do you legislate morality when, you know, you've had... 400 years of institutional there's hard to break down that 
which is one piece of legislation. There's no way that you can break down institutional racism in education, policing, um, in all the systems that you can name with just one piece of legislation. It ain't going to happen. It is not going to happen. Anybody that tells you that you're going to break down institutional racism by passing the bill is bullshitting. It'll never happen. Is there anything that's giving you hope right now or that's encouraging you? Yeah, yeah. What's encouraging me is that people are paying attention. And what's discouraging me is that, you know, is it going to be like a fleeting, uh, you know, moment? You know, this is our moment in time. This is our civil rights movement together. I mean, and even with the civil rights movement, you had white people, you had Hispanics, you had everyone fighting for, against, you know, institutional racism and harm and you know it it it, it was fleeting it 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 happened people fought for for 20 years and then it went away and i had something told to me that was real interesting and uh somebody said that you know for all these protesters and everyone you know it's it's easy to get up in the morning you're hungry and you see a fruit tree in your yard and you want to go out and you shake the hell out of that tree to get all the apples. And, you know, you, you see those nice, red, delicious apples on the ground, and but you're so tired that you don't want to pick them up. You know, you don't want to pick them up, and you want applesauce. You, you don't want to pick them up and take them in the house and clean them and go through the process of grinding it and making applesauce or apple juice. You know, and that's the same thing with fighting racism. Everybody wants to see those shiny apples on the ground, but they don't want to take the, the time to slow grind the process to find out and break down what what's actual the cause of racism. And until we do that, until we shake that tree and pick up that apple, take it in the house and collect it and actually go through the process of grinding it and making the applesauce or apple juice, and I, that we won't get to that point. So is it just a fleeting moment or is it something that people will be committed to over the next 10, 20 years and not just say if right now I want to pass a bill? I, I think that's that's really dis, disingenuous to say I'm just going to pass a bill to legislate morality. You cannot legislate morality. And I know the speaker will probably like my reference to an apple. But <laughs> that's, that's, that's just, it's the best analogy that I can give of what we're going through. And that's, I think that's what scares me the most, is that all of this talk is, is going to go away. And it's, it's here for a moment. And people are going to, they're going to they're gonna move on to something else. And that, that's what scares me. And I think it's going to get worse the next time. Representative, do you have a message for Illinoisans? something that you really want them to know and to think about and internalize? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, our our internal racism is real. And my message is if we're not willing to deal with our internal racism as a, as a state, uh, individually, together, then all of the you know, the talk is just bullshit. 
and let's let's sit down and and have a real conversation about racism. Institute that, and then move on to break it down and seeing how we can help each other. Black, white, Hispanic, Indian, Asian. You know, we all have views on each other that we have to move beyond because our country has has put those thoughts in our head and we have to sit down and deal with them. Until that happens, you know, racism will be fleeting. It was fleeting in um, the 20s. It was fleeting in the civil rights movement. It was fleeting... You know, uh, a couple years ago, it's here now. So will it be fleeting in five or ten years from now? We have to deal with it. Representative, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That was Illinois Representative Thaddeus Jones. And you've been listening to Perspectives on Progress, a special edition of Capital Cast. You can find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website, capitalnewsillinois.com. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Production assistance was provided by Sam Dunklaw, and our theme music is by Kevin McLeod. I'm Rebecca Anzel. Thank you.